Jesus taught that before you build a tower or wage a war, you better count the cost. And when it comes to tackling a major project like the sermon series one year at a time, you have to put together a plan that's workable and scalable. It's time to go the second mile in planning a year's worth of sermons. Hey, this is Travis Hagney. Thank you for joining me for the Second Mile Podcast, where we seek to live out the words of Jesus from Matthew 5.41, where he says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go the second mile, go all in as you follow Jesus. And that's why today I want to talk about a topic that's going to sound a little bit different and uh, just sort of, even if you're not a preacher, hold on just for a few moments. Uh, because regardless if you are a preacher or um, it's in any other kind of vocation that you have, um, one of the things that I find a lot of times in life is that people are really wanting to get a better organization around whatever they're called to, they really can't find exactly how to go forward with it. So as I've done this podcast, there's a lot of times that I will get questions and different people will send me a message or just talk to me uh, and just say, hey, look, um, I love the concept of second mile, not doing just the bare minimum, not uh, kind of accepting uh, mediocrity, but want to go a little bit further in in some areas. And one of the areas that um, people sometimes just come up and ask about ministry things. So I know that there are people that are uh, listening to this podcast that are involved in ministry. And there are some of you that aren't like you don't work at a church, you don't work in a ministry. But what I want to do is I want to talk about how do you take a major project like um, taking a year's worth and planning. I want to explain why I do that. But I want to give you some steps along the way that even if you're not a preacher, you're not a pastor, you're not a ministry leader, but you are trying to undertake something that's a big project in school or whatever your job is, some principles that are transferable for you to kind of um, get a good assessment of what's going on, what needs to happen and then breaking down uh, how to do it. And so since I've been asked a few people, because I've talked before about uh, taking on and the benefits of planning a year's worth of sermons, uh, I'm going to use this as the example to talk through how to take a big project, how I actually craft it out, and hopefully this will help you whether you preach or whether you do something else that God has called you to do here in life. Now, you may be wondering, why would uh, I try to plan a year in advance? And that's not something that uh, anyone really taught me to do. It's just something along the way that I picked up. And here's the reason why. Uh, I have always been someone who can fly by the seat of his pants when need to be. Uh, but when I realize that when you go into certain areas of leadership in life, that you might be able to do that, but people who work with you may not. And I have learned that throughout the years that sometimes my lack of planning and preparation has actually limited other people from contributing. So just for example, like in the area of preaching, if I'm week to week and I'm waiting till Saturday night to get a word from the Lord, then what I'm doing is um, equipping uh, my worship pastor not to be able to have anything to kind of plan forthright. Uh, we got media people who would love to kind of help present that message in a creative way, but they're having to do it on the last second. Uh, and there's also other events and initiatives that you can do as a church, but you really can't get around to it because you haven't thought through it. And and so years ago, I really started thinking like, uh, I trust the Word of God and the Spirit of God to prepare me to how to shepherd the people of God. And, and so with that, you know, uh, I believe that 
It's just the more that I prepare, the better that I preach. And it's not just for the weekly task, but larger portions of time. Uh, and I am someone who believes in the power of the Holy Spirit in the pulpit, but I also believe that he is not limited to where he cannot work in the study as well. He's just as vibrant there. And that's why I decided to plan a sermon overview uh, for a year at a time. And it allows me to address genuine spiritual needs of the most applicable text possible. Uh, it provides space to plan for our church and even family calendars. Causes you to consider uh, kind of the momentum shifts that happen in a church uh, attendance. You know, if you think about school starting back and whatnot, uh, helps you prepare your budget for the books that you want to buy and the study process that you want to go about. It helps coordinate the other staff and other volunteers as they prepare, whether planning worship or developing resources or creating media, and kind of keeps you aware, looking forward of potential illustrations as they come up. And, and so with this, the first step that I do when it comes to like a project like this that's that big, there are four questions that I ask when it comes to a sermon series development. And uh, these, these are the four key words, and let me explain the question that goes along with it. Temperature, text, term, and time. All right, so temperature, text, term, time. So first is temperature. I ask the question, where are our people spiritually, right? Like I just, where is it that uh, they're at? What are some of the needs that we see as a large whole? Is there something that's going on in our culture that needs to be addressed? So the first place that I want to go to, uh, not just my favorite part of scripture or not just my soapbox, but temperature, where are the people spiritually? The second question then becomes text. What part of the Bible speaks to that best? So if I decide what's the need spiritually, then I'm going to say, so where in the Bible addresses that? Uh, in the most thorough way, and that's where I'm going to go. Uh, the third thing is term. So how many weeks is it going to take to preach through that, right? Like if it's going to take uh, six weeks or is it going to take a full year? Uh, and then the last is time about when or what is the best time of year to address it. So if I think about how long it's going to take, but then I also think with seasons and certain things happening, that if it goes building on, you don't want to do it in the summer month where attendance is kind of spotty. But so you start with temperature, you go to text, you go to term, how long, and then time, when is the best time of year to actually address those topics? So it, once again, if you're a preacher, that may make sense to you. If you have something else that you do vocationally, you may go, okay, how do I apply that? You want to start with that need, right? Start with the temperature. Then you start saying, okay, what's the best way to address it? Uh, what are the things that can help me actually accomplish that? In this kind of situation, it is the text of scripture for me, right? Then how many weeks is it going to take from start to finish? What's that going to look like? And then time, when is the actual best time of the year to actually pull it off? And when you start with those four things, and in that order, you can kind of see how this thing works together, and you can start planning out. So as I've done that through the years, what I've found, uh, I have developed a kind of just spreadsheet. It's a, it's a Google spreadsheet, and I make available on my website at travisagnew.org. In fact, I actually have one for next year's sermon planning template. And what I do in there is I have all the Sundays uh, already lined up. Uh, I have little icons that you might want to consider when it's Easter, when it's Mother's Day, uh, when it's... Uh, uh, school starting back around that time, and whatnot, because it, you won't, you don't want to get caught off guard with those things. Because sometimes you have a great um, idea, but it's at the wrong time, and so you want to kind of be aware of that. And uh, and so as I'm putting all those ideas together, what I do is once again I start with a big picture. Um, and so like I, I'll give you an example. Um, looking at next year, um, I've already got planned out uh, with the pastors at our church. 
and the churches that we partner with in this thing called the Recommission Network, a group of churches, we all kind of preach the same passages together. We go through the same sermon series together. And so what we've done is we've looked at 2024 and decided that there were kind of four major needs that we wanted to address. And with that uh, part, uh, we start saying, okay, so when is the best, um, you know, what was the best text to go to to address those needs? Uh, then uh, you start getting that text out, and especially like I love to preach through books of the Bible because I don't think I can come up with a better sermon series than what God did. You, you start preaching through that book, and you go, okay, is it going to take this amount of time or, or that amount of time, right? Like, uh, So the, the book of Jude is going to take a lot uh, shorter time than, say, the book I'm preaching through this year called Exodus, which is taking all 53 Sundays that 2023 is allowing me to have. And so with that, you kind of figure out how long something's going to take. And then you look at the time of year when it's best, like this is better situated. So so I'll give you an example, like how that works out for, for a situation. So next year, we got four sermon series that we're going to look at. Uh, and one of them, as we started praying through the way this fleshes out of my mind, in 2024, uh, we are going to have this little thing called a presidential election. I don't know if you've heard about it yet, but apparently it is going to be the most important of our life time and the most divisive. And I think it's always going to be like that from here on out, but it is definitely going to turn into a very interesting times. And if, if 2020 was any indication, uh, our country went completely bananas. I don't think we've returned, recovered from it yet, uh, but uh, it's going to be a very difficult time. And so the, the need is, I don't want our church body uh, to lose who they are spiritually in the middle of a horrible political cycle. So what does it look like for a child of God to exist in a culture that's going completely against the ways of God? And what does it mean to continue to uh, be who you need to be in, in the midst of it? And so as we started praying and thinking about it, we're like, okay, if the need is uh, just not to lose your soul spiritually in a political cycle, um, then was the part of the Bible that best speaks to that? And we really kind of landed on, you know, First Peter would be really, really helpful because it really talks about people who are living in what feels like an exile land, like you don't belong in certain areas. And as you suffer, you want to suffer for doing good rather than um, poor uh, decisions and, and being wicked. Uh, and you want to live harmonious lives. And we really thought, man, if there's anything we'd want our church uh, and our churches to be considered of in that time, First Peter really speaks to it. So then you start laying it out to say, okay, uh, five chapters of First Peter, how long is that going to take to preach through? Like this passage is one full sermon, and then this one takes that, and you start scripting it out. So you start scripting it out on that spreadsheet, and then we look at what's the best time of year to address it, and we can start moving that up and down according to that spreadsheet, just cutting and pasting, right, just to see where the best place to land is. And so what we're working through now is to try to make some of those key passages around First Peter to prepare Christian's heart right leading up to election uh, day so that our people can try to make sure that they keep their integrity no matter what happens. Now, that's just an example of how I do that when I'm trying to plan through a year's worth of sermons. And so once again, as if you're a pastor, I hope that that kind of mindset would help. But to start with a big picture, whether you're a pastor or you're doing anything else, if you've got a big project and you feel like that there is motivation and really a helpful way to do that, what I would consider is starting with what's the need, right? What's 
that temperature? What's needed to happen? In our context, the text, what, what's the best place to go to to help that? What are the steps that need to happen? Then term, how long is it going to take to do that? And then time, when's the best time to address it? In my situation, you can plan through it a year at a time, and that makes every single week a whole lot better. But whatever you called to do in life, make sure you count the cost and you've got a plan as you follow Jesus. I hope to see you on the second mile.